Chapter 3. Spirit Touched I didn't think you'd stoop that low, but then I guess I shouldn't expect anything less from a water tribe savage. On the heels of the hurt at the commentary on his apparently ugly scar, Zuko has a moment of intense satisfaction at the utter fury in the water tribe peasant's blue eyes before he's roughly grabbed and hauled up from his knees. The moon's high in the sky, and they're at the waterbender's most sacred stronghold, two conditions that are very unideal to a firebender. But Zuko's no stranger to facing odds that are stacked against him. He's the master of surviving the impossible. So Zuko tries very, very hard to look back with defiance, even as the water tribe peasant, Sokka, was it? Rages in his face. He's seen the other in fight mode before, and while he's proven himself to be agile and quick-witted, Zuko's confident he can take him on any day. He's just a peasant from some backwater tribe. He's got nothing on Zuko. Right? But right at that moment, it's very hard to mask his fear. It's a persistent hammer at the back of his throat, because the truth is that physically, Zuko is severely weakened. He's dizzy from hunger, having not eaten in days. His inner fire has been struggling to keep up with keeping him warm through a blizzard. He's nauseous from exhaustion, and chilled to the bone from his earlier dalliance with the turtle seals. And most of all, he can't ignore the faint, nagging sensation that something is fundamentally wrong. Zuko hates the vagueness of his instincts, but there's been a subtle feeling that something is amiss ever since he opened his eyes to find the Avatar's face looming over his, and it's only intensified over the past few moments. Until Sokka's face is close to his, his grip of ice on the front of Zuko's shirt. Get your filthy hands off me! Zuko hisses, tense, not from the hostility of the action itself, but because something strange is happening every moment the water tribe peasant's touching him. There is nothing but animosity in those blue eyes, or in his snarl. Yet Zuko's senses respond weirdly. It's like whatever buzzing that's been filling his mind is clearing slightly, and something is tying hitherto aching muscles and sinew together. The other's proximity is almost... calming instead of unnerving as it should have been. And that disturbs Zuko. Because this is a confrontation, right? So why is he reacting like it's... The Avatar calls his aggressive friend off. He's saying something about help, but his hands are raised. Zuko feels a wave of dizziness overcome him, but he can't afford to show weakness right now, so he prepares to fight, because the Avatar is going to hurt him. No, he isn't, you idiot! Sokka snaps. And for spirit's sake, stop calling him the Avatar like he's just an object. His name is Aang. And Zuko realizes two things in the next two seconds. One, the Avatar's name is Aang, as Sokka keeps trying to tell him. Somehow, Zuko can't help but feel like he should have known this before. But maybe he'd been subconsciously trying to ignore it. To put a name to something is to make it more human, after all. Two, speaking of subconscious, somehow or the other... This water tribe peasant is reading his mind. I believe we have an issue, says the silver-haired young woman with them. There's something familiar in the dignified way she holds herself up, something that brands her as noble blood. Her grace reminds Zuko so much of Mai that it's almost painful, so it's easy to surmise that this must be the northern water tribe's Princess Yue. What? Sokka echoes Zuko's own bewilderment, which manifests as, The actual fuck! Zuko eyes him suspiciously through his weariness. He's no stranger to cursing, having been in the company of sailors for three years, but he's not sure he's ever heard the other boy swear. I know 
plenty of swear words, thank you very much, Sokka huffs, and Zuko spares a moment to go from suspicious to mystified at his priorities. It's not like it's some dumb competition. Don't call me dumb, Sokka snaps. I'm not the one who's stupid enough to antagonize an enemy when I can't even stand, let alone firebend. Agitation comes choking back. How does he know? But Zuko swallows it down. He staggers to his feet just to prove he can. It's shaky. It's a struggle. And now Zuko's head is pounding ten times worse. But he makes it. Sokka looks at him exasperatedly, because he's now confirmed his theory that Zuko's not only very much an idiot, but a stubborn, suicidal one. I'm not! Stop insulting me! Zuko snarls, ready to throttle him, but the silver-haired woman steps between them. I ask for both your patience, please, she says, her eyes the same steel of Azula's when she isn't asking. You've been spirits-touched, and we do not know the full extent of the impact just yet. Spirit-touched? You wait, what does that even mean? The water-tribe boy asks, rather than demands. At least Zuko's theory on who she is proves to be correct. The Avatar and the Princess exchange a glance. We suspect, the Northern Water Tribe Princess says delicately, that you two are able to access each other's thoughts because you've... your souls have been accidentally bound together. As Zhao meant to do to Aang, she adds when both of them look at her blankly for just a little too long. No fucking way, Sokka says, right as Zuko curses, I'm bonded to him? That's just spirit mumbo-jumbo. The Water Tribe boy's voice is pitching with panic, and even disgust, which is entirely mutual, and Zuko knows all this, because he can hear his thoughts clear as the rays of Agni's sun on a summer day. This is impossible, and gross, no fucking way, not shouty prince jerkbender! You really need to get more creative with your insults, Zuko mutters, because what else can he say? Listen, prince jerkbender! Sokka, the princess placates. The Avatar glances between Zuko and Sokka in a manner that's far more morose, Zuko thinks, compared to his usual countenance. Can you two see it? See what? Zuko demands. That. The Avatar is pointing at seemingly nothing, and Sokka's already scoffing. Clearly we do. See nothing, I mean, Sokka says, and Zuko has to stifle the utterly beguiling urge to snort. It's true. The space where the Avatar is pointing is visibly empty but Zuko spent the last three years of his life running straight in the direction of the first magical shit he sees, so he knows better. He can feel the thrum of energy in the air. He'd assumed it was adrenaline earlier, but... There's something gold and blue in color, like... A thread? The Avatar explains, tentative. It's winding around both of your wrists to each other. Zuko reaches out a finger experimentally. There's a moment when his hand meets nothing. Then there's a light sensation that turns into a buzz, and both him and Sokka jump back from the electric tingle. Zuko's knees hit the ice floor again, and that's... that's it. He's unlikely to be able to get up again. Which is fine. Zuko can fight from his place on the ground. He's done far more in less ideal situations before. Three against one, when the moon is highest and Zuko's the weakest he's ever been, save for after... those first few days on the ship, after the burning his odds are not good. The Water Tribe boy is looking triumphantly at Zuko, the I told you so clear in his blue eyes, but there's something like puzzlement behind it. You seem to be badly injured, Princess Yoi observes. We should find Katara, the Avatar suggests. She'll be able to help. When Zuko turns his head, he finds those gray eyes looking earnestly at him with something like concern. 
But that can't be right. That's got to be some ploy to get under Zuko's guard. The only one malevolent enough to do something like that is you, Sokka grumbles. Aang will care about anyone, even shouty firebender jerk princess who chased him around the world for months for no reason. I didn't do it for no reason, Zuko snaps, just as the princess makes a noise of surprise. I needed to restore your honor, Sokka mimics in a sing-song voice. Yeah, yeah, we know. Maybe it's because the last time he's felt pain and exhaustion worse than this was when he'd still had bandages over one eye, and he'd been trying to get up despite the feverishness and imbalance, and keep walking anyway, because he had to chase the Avatar. But that constant burning flame of anger in Zuko flashes white hot at the careless dismissal like it doesn't matter. Like it's something to make fun of. Like this isn't the only way Zuko's ever going to be able to go home. Water tribe blue eyes go wide, and then narrow in puzzlement at that, and... Agni. Cursing himself for his own carelessness, Zuko schools his thoughts to safer topics. If it's true that his thoughts are no longer safe in the privacy of his own head, then he has to be in control of them. Sokka snorts. Yeah, guess what? It's entirely mutual. Zuko glares and thinks, SHUT UP! as viciously as he can, just for the sake of it. It's weirdly not as satisfying as it should be when Sokka returns a glare right back. But he's relieved the Water Tribe boy doesn't pursue it. Zuko's left side may be all sorts of damaged, but he still somewhat senses it when the Avatar takes a step forward. He twists his head to keep him in view, because there's no way in Agni's name that he'd allow anyone taking advantage from that side. The world twists with him, and Zuko realizes dimly that his inner flame is flickering, and he's probably going to die here in this place surrounded by enemies. But he's never going to give up without a fight. Zuko, the Avatar starts, I'm not going to hurt you, I... Boom! Zuko's already moving, calling fire to his fingertips as ice structures implode and fall in rain-like showers all around them. Nausea rises, but fire doesn't answer, even as he continues to call upon it, as it refused to back when he was a child. It's too cold. Zuko's too tired, his body shivering from cold and injury, and his inner flame is sputtering. Never give up without a fight. And just like when he was a child, in times when flames rejected him, Zuko resorts to the surer, comforting grasp of a blade. He lunges to grab a spear of ice, even as black spots begin filling up his vision. But a water whip grasps around both his wrists before he gets a proper grasp, and... Katara, wait! Zuko lets out a muffled gasp as his inner flame gives up, and oblivion beckons.